0: and welcome to this the sixth episode of the Super Freak Media podcast No Ghouls Allowed. My name is Liam and you might notice it is a little different that I'm introducing Jono you the sound podcast. different. <laughs> um, Jono can't currently be with us at the moment and like we said in the last one Richard is probably okay. <laughs> we have yes, no idea. Jono has Richard fully
1: is. Himself,
0: uh, Yeah, and I'm <laughs> going to have to beep that out, but uh, we hope you get well, Jono. Jono has injured himself quite a bit, and uh, we do hope that he is doing a little bit better than I think the pictures he sent us kind of indicate, but... He's, he's, a, he's a strong one, so I'm sure he'll be back He's a us. strong, independent woman. Strong, independent woman who don't need no man. Who don't need no Achilles, Achilles no tendon. Man. Yeah, also no Achilles tendon. But yeah, in all seriousness, Jono, we do miss you, and we can't wait to have you back on the next one, because I don't want to do this again. And also, we have no idea what we're doing with the sound
1: equipment, so setting up for this has been great. Yeah,
0: so apologies, guys. If the audio isn't sounding as good as it usually does, <laughs> apologies, um we've we've been trying to test out some new things and we're using obviously different equipment but we really really wanted to get a new episode out to you guys so I especially because we missed last month Absolutely. because Liam was not very well so no, no, there was there was a lot going on
1: the team are having the best time at the moment
0: picking up from last episode uh, obviously there were certain things that we said that we talk about and I think we want to do the same today yes. um to also introduce who is with me if you, this is the first <laughs> podcast that you're listening to god help you because it's probably the worst <laughs> worst one to start with my name is Liam I uh, kind of run Super Freak Media in, in many ways, but I have a great team of people around me as well. Charlie's giving me the eyes, <laughs> yeah. and, and I am joined by Charlie Clark, if you want to also introduce yourself.
1: Um, hello, I am Charlie Clark. I am a assistant <clears throat> producer <laughs> um, for Super Freak Media, but I'm also an actor in my own right as well, so I do a bit of behind the scenes for Super Freak, but then also film and theatre and all that good stuff so yeah it's all good
0: there's there's a lot of, of good stuff going on with with you at the moment and I mean that kind of fits nicely into I guess like our intro we usually kind of discuss what we've been up to if we've seen anything cool so Charlie even though I know <laughs> have you been up to anything cool recently? I've been
1: up to quite a lot of cool stuff at the moment so since we last recorded because it's been we've had a month break I've I filmed the second block of Snarl so that's on a picture wrap Ooh. now so that's exciting that and a
0: werewolf
1: by the way <laughs> it's just had it's uh, the trailer's just had it's world premiere at Liverpool HorrorCon um, last weekend which was super exciting unfortunately I couldn't <laughs> great I couldn't unfortunately Unfortunately, I couldn't go um, because we were actually engaged, not actually to be wed, but we were actually engaged we're at engaged a wedding. In a, in um, a wedding. So, yeah, we, I couldn't attend, but um, Dave and LJ and Jay and Jack went along to represent the Snarl fam, so that was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also done two theatre shows since we last spoke. I don't know why I'm telling you this, like, you don't already know this. All well, the people at home don't know, do they? Um So, so I was in. Um, in Much Ado About Nothing at the Bonington Theatre in Nottingham, which was really cool, with a company called Bare Left Theatre, and I played three characters, and it was the most difficult thing i've ever had to do is play three <laughs> shakespeare characters and it was yeah it was hectic it was a hectic show it was for a good me
0: hectic though because it, I mean, yeah I, I could see how much you were enjoying yourself in like everything you were involved in. so that was that was amazing to see plus i guess this is kind of one side of things I guess people don't really talk about all that often, particularly creative people, because I think in like networking events, everyone's always like, yeah, I've got something in the pipeline. I'm definitely working <laughs> on something new. And I guess it isn't always like that, but you've just taken a huge leap haven't you yeah and, and so so if you want to i talk
1: about that. i mean i wrote a bit about it on my blog so i've renamed my blog plug 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 plug, 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 plug shameless plug <laughs> so i run a blog uh, it used to be called lights camera and nine to five it's now lights camera hustle because i'm now hustling my ass off because that <laughs> nine to five ain't a thing no more Uh, we left that job um it was just getting it was getting in the way of what I actually want to be doing with my time Mm. and I want to be doing what I trained to do which was be an actor and a performer and I was very much having to give up opportunities um to work on stuff because of my school job um I used to work in a school as a SEN mentor very rewarding job very hard job um, mm. fantastic challenge but it was just getting in the way and at the end yeah. of the day I didn't go to drama school to be an SEM mentor, I went to be...
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: ...an actor. Um, so yeah, I did Much do About Nothing while wrapping up at the school so I had loads of stuff that I had to sign off at work and then I was doing Much do About Nothing. At the same time I was also re- rehearsing for Coram Boy at the Nottingham Playhouse so I was in the choir... Um, and I was one of the cathedral choir boys as well. Um, so I got a couple of extra scenes. And that was amazing. Singing is something for me that I've always found really difficult. Yeah. Um, not that I can't sing. I sound like I'm being really egotistical. Oh. I, can, <laughs> I can sing, but I've never really like had proper confidence in it. Um, but we had a fantastic MD on um, Coran Boy and he taught me stuff about my voice and I think the whole choir that even though I've had training previously it Mm. just changed the entire way I use my voice and I've noticed that my singing voice now is so much better so I'm really grateful that I got to do Cronboy and also to work with Adam Penford is like a bucket list moment for me because he's a great director and um, he's the artistic director at the Playhouse and he was really cool to work with Um, so I'm really glad that I had that opportunity so that's all wrapped up now and dealing with the post-show blues is kind of (laughs) sucky. Like, I'm on the worst come-down ever from, like... Bless you. Two film, two plays in a film. So yeah, yeah it's the worst right now.
0: Well, but also the best <laughs> of, of multiple films. I guess since the last time that we recorded, yeah, we what have of, you been up to? We late? kind of <laughs> alluded to some of the projects that we we had in production. I apologies again, obviously that we had to take a little bit of a break uh, last month. I mean, that's how things are. I think particularly when you're in a creative pursuit and life happens and and things happen, it. It isn't our intention to not be posting regular kind of content, but in all fairness, one of the reasons we didn't do a podcast last month was because we did, in fact, actually shoot three different films. So (laughs) it was definitely an ambitious month. It's not to say that there isn't more work to be done because there are like reshoots Mm -hmm. and things we need to do and Pick up days
1: and stuff. Yeah,
0: there's 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 a lot of kind of things that we need to do to kind of get the films to where we want them to be. But there were quite a diverse bunch of films. I think we started with a sci fi action short film called Inertia, which allowed me to work with some amazing people and that that was that was really good fun.
1: The fight choreography on that looks sick yeah. and we yeah. had uh theo van leeds theo uses van leeds, married yeah. name now working on camera on that and he killed it like mm. it looks so good yeah so no, so good very
0: very very happy and Jono was actually in front of the camera i know that we kind of spoke about this a little before this but wasn't
1: the shoot that broke this, his achilles
0: no <laughs> i mean i think we might have broken a rib <laughs> like, in all honesty, I think, Jono, if you're listening, you know. You, you better know be listening. Not, you've you've broken something. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so that was really, really cool. I, yeah, I, I had the opportunity to work with some great people on that. We then did a more kind of traditional kind of super freak horror called Do You See It Too? That's very much in the edit right now and very happy with the direction that, that's taken. And I think that that's going to be something, obviously, that we release kind of near near halloween sort of and time that's a
1: trailer coming soon too we do indeed i think
0: that's probably going to be the first thing that we post on igtv is going to be that trailer because it's it's only like a, a short kind of teaser but it kind of gives you the vibe of what we were going for mm-hmm. i think it's an amalgamation of a lot of the things that we've kind of done that have worked and yeah. with some like new twists and um, i think like so you
1: you got an opportunity there to really like push the emotions with your actors
0: i think it was probably one of the things that we've done that's had the most dialogue and um, yes. a lot of the films that we do aren't really dialogue driven so that that was nice to kind of experiment with that a little bit more and then we wrapped up the uh the month uh kind of before Everything hit the fan mm-hmm. um, with uh, a shoot uh, for a film called Blood Money. Um, and that, that brought us back uh, with Jess. So we got to work with Jess again in front of the camera. Rich, who usually camera assists. So we do know Rich is alive because he did. Come and help <laughs> yeah, he did. Film. He is not. But he, he is still with us. He came and, and shot that and absolutely knocked it out of the park. Um, like yeah, again. he
1: stepped up in a massive, massive way mm. on that shoot and he,
0: he properly... He, well, we, we, he brought his we a have game. an amazing team. Like, I, I always feel so, so lucky when we get to work together because it is, I think, like a family... I I always kind of feel so grateful that people take the time to get involved in our stuff and people taking the time to to watch as well. Uh, we we passed a huge milestone with Best Friends Forever, where we're well over two hundred thousand views. I think over two hundred twenty five. I think we're nearer, nearer 2 to two forty. No, we've passed 24. two. F- we've passed. So I yeah. I, can't, I can't keep up. Like the feedback has been incredible and. That's the sort of stuff that really motivates Apart us. Apart from on. the YouTube but. troll that called me a fat turtle, but we'll we'll,
1: we'll look past <laughs> that.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. But um, yeah, that's the sort of stuff that really kind of keeps us motivated to keep doing this. So, thank you for that. But yeah, these last few months have been super busy, and we have no intention of slowing down. And we're kind of getting but, to that. But we kind of needed of to the, slow down
1: for a little yeah, bit because
0: yeah, um, we we're, were celebrating. We're celebrating ten years this year. Yeah, and it's been ten years. With the foot on the gas and very little kind of like breaks in between films. And like we said, we we all have lives outside of this and we all have day jobs, unfortunately, that we have to kind of commit to. Aside from Charlie. <laughs> but it's um it's, it's it's a balancing act at the end of the day, yeah, so, and I yeah. think
1: a lot of us have kind of bounced from like project to project to project. I know like mm. jono has been doing quite a lot acting wise I know he yeah. was doing it like we mentioned it before, and he's got a day job and then he was doing some filming um with the guys he shot enemies with, mm. and then he's also doing something else and then and then you've been jumping from film to film it's It's just one of those crazy times, and i think I think the reason maybe we missed last we uh, last month's podcast was. Because we'd worked our butts off so hard, I think we
0: just needed sleep. We just needed all, to stop and,
1: yeah. and kind of gather. And you know, there's there's been a bit of health issues going on, but it's all good. Mm. We're still here. We're still we're still plugging away. We're or still doing maybe, stuff. Maybe
0: maybe we're not. We're maybe. bringing this to you from beyond the grave, <laughs> from from the other side. Oh, oh, oh. But obviously, moving on to kind of the next sort of thing that we usually talk about, we usually kind of reflect on maybe something that we've seen that's been quite cool or what mm-hmm. we've been watching recently or listening to usually because Richard usually brings, brings them brings audiobooks. Us an audiobook <laughs> or a podcast so Charlie what what have you been what have you watched recently well or seen that I think cool.
1: there's two things that we went to see at the cinema together recently which okay. we both really enjoyed but I'll kind of maybe let you talk about bit of them one thing that I did want to talk about is I watched something on Netflix the other day um, with my mum she's proper sci-fi geek like she likes her yeah. things science fictiony with big explosions like she's not a stereotypical mum like rom-coms can get gone she likes Die Hard it's like one of her favourite films Um, she's Michael
0: Bay in a blouse basically (laughs) that's that's what it
1: is Um, yeah she's got hella cool film taste but um, basically we were scrolling through Netflix the other night and we saw this film called I Am Mother
0: which oh I love yes
1: have you watched it yeah Yeah. Hilary Swank yeah Yeah. Hilary Swank and also um, Rose Byrne Rose Byrne is the voice of Mother and i don't know what i expected from it
0: Mm -hmm. i'm very surprised you checked that out to be honest well
1: she chose mum chose it because i'm not i'm not as i struggle with sci-fi films they're not my cup of tea usually like there are the odd one like the martian loved the martian yes i can't remember what year the martian came out i think it was 2016 maybe but it was probably in my it was definitely in my top three films for that year if not my favorite film of the year
0: 2015 just checked
1: so you you. were close close um but yeah I think The Martian was probably my top film of that year but Mm. when mum chose to watch I Am Mother I thought oh it's a Netflix film and I think Netflix are really stepping their game up with the content that they're bringing out but some of the films I found are a little bit hit and miss
0: well I think I might know why you enjoyed that film But but I'll 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 give Yeah,
1: I think because it was kind of it's kind of dystopian mm. in the near futury kind of the humans have basically wiped everything out yeah also the film would kind of have you believe but there's kind yeah. of twists and turns along the way and i think i found it int- i think i didn't hate it yeah because there were very little lasery pew 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 moments in it <laughs> which is when i start to struggle with space films and yeah. it is is not actually set in, it's space, not in space no. it's on earth yeah but there's robots problem, is, and is space i in think you sci- don't mind
0: sci-fi Yeah, but it's space i think
1: i think my science fiction needs to be grounded with like human story mm.
0: um
1: and that's very much what i am mother is Yeah, it's this kind of human struggle between this girl who's been birthed through an artificial kind of yeah. womb that this robot thing so has kind of developed.
0: That kind of, you think of when you think of something motherly or maternal, yeah, has kind of been removed or kind of twisted yeah. in this sci-fi way, which and I think is what's quite cool about it.
1: And Hilary Swank is, she's a cracking actress, but I've not really seen her in very that kind of her in this. yes.
0: But I do think she's getting a bit of a resurgence because I know that she's also in The Hunt, which is obviously. But Blue I've House never really
1: seen her release. in this kind of film before not that mm. I can think in my recent memory
0: I don't know I think when you think Miller uh, when you think Hillary Swank you think Million Dollar Baby like that's to me kind of what I think of because I think that's See, when I, she was at her peak I, I, I don't know I think
1: more kind of rom com when I think of Hilary mm. Swank because she did do a few rom-coms didn't she I don't
0: know whatever happened to Hilary Swank that can be <laughs> next but, next episode but <laughs>
1: she's very she's great in this I mean mm. the, I can't remember the girl's name and I feel really bad for it Um, But the the girl who plays the main girl, she was fantastic. And it's this whole thing of challenging everything that she's been brought up to know. Mm. And everything gets called into question. Everything gets turned on its head. And there's some real, like, human struggle in the film. But then there's also a lot of love and... Yeah, it's a very like, human film to yeah. say that it
0: has that robotic. Element. And
1: I, I really, really, really dug it. Girl's I name, it really the Girl's name, by the way,
0: is Clara Rudgard Larson. So apologies, she's obviously listening, but apologies <laughs> if um, if I've mispronounced that. But uh, yeah, I said. Obviously, I of, felt there was a reason why you enjoyed that, and I yeah. don't know if you knew this, but. The people who did the film were Weta Digital, who did all the the effects. Yeah. And the, there's an I think you amazing can kind of tell on, because Weta also awesome. on, on YouTube there's a, there's a video that you can watch and it tells you how they kind of built the suit and actually the person who ended up playing Mother was one of the guys who helped design the suit and basically That's really cool. the director was there and saw him doing this demo of, like to kind of show what this suit could do and then he was like we we don't need to cast this like you do this perfectly yeah. so th- there's like a, a guy and I, I think he says in the video as well he actually went to go and pick up his kids from school in the suit and they that were like so oh my cool. god so like that's a that's a I filmmaking think dad moment it, I think, it felt amazing. a
1: little bit like a hollywood feature length version of a black mirror episode yeah I mean, it, Black Mirror to mm. me is quite British. So it took all of. I think, it, yeah, I think it's, the writing it's going, it's going is going
0: elsewhere. Now, yeah, but isn't I it? it's think it's like more global, but yeah. in
1: its in its core, a lot of Black Mirror's writing, the way Charlie Brooker writes, is very British. Yeah, it's got that and, sensibility. Yeah. yeah, and I think like if you took that and chucked a Hollywood budget at it and mm. chucked a Hollywood writer at it, yeah, I think. I Am Mother is basically what you end up with. Yeah, um,
0: absolutely. And
1: I, re- I really enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was a great film. So if you haven't watched it yet and you have access to a Netflix account, <laughs> recommend please it. go and watch it
0: now. I, um, I, I do, yeah, I was going to say, I do think that that was really good. And mm-hmm. I mean, speaking of Netflix as well, I guess what I'd mention is it's not something that's new, but it's something that I kind of noticed they'd added new episodes on Netflix. And in all honesty, I don't think I caught all of them when they were on TV. And that was Inside Number Nine. And uh, yeah. for the last kind of few few nights, because I, I usually put something on like before I go to bed or, or when I'm in bed, just to kind of chill out to. And um, obviously they're perfect kind of size. They're about half an hour. And Steve Pemberton and Reese Shearsmith are just absolute geniuses in my eyes. I never really got introduced to them when they were doing uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen or League of Gentlemen. Sorry, I always get that mixed <laughs> up. That's the Sean Connery <laughs> weird film. Um, League of Gentlemen. <laughs> but i kind of got introduced to them when they did psychoville and then i feel like inside number 9 is by yeah, far my favorite but because it's
1: league of gentlemen every. versus psychoville there's no contest league of gentlemen is far better
0: I do think Psychoville had had its moments, absolutely. But um, yeah, I mean, that's something that that I've really been enjoying. And there were some kind of, some episodes that I think I've obviously missed through the years. But I think what always surprises me about them is they will usually have this kind of like savage or horrific kind of twist to them. Or there'll be something that's just slightly off or something weird. But one, the people that they get involved, like the actors, I mean, the episode I watched the other night was the one that had Peter Kay in. And I mean, he's literally (laughs) in it for like, two seconds and then something bad happens but it's like to get someone kind of like that and see them in a kind of a horror setting mm. is crazy but yeah but some of them are actually really heartfelt as well there's particularly there's an episode with sheridan smith which like, bloody really, love smith. really 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 kind of hit me and i don't know it's kind of little clever concepts like that i think we need more stuff like that on tv yeah. loving inside number nine
1: i'm the gonna bring up another thing that is an older thing but mm. has recently gone on to Netflix, I think in the last couple of months. Mm. And it was something that I always wanted to watch, never got around to it, and then it appeared on Netflix and I was like, I'm going to watch you because I'm taking a bit of a hiatus from Game of Thrones at the moment because I'm bringing it up on the episode. I got oh told not to bring gosh. it up. Yeah, <laughs> I, um, I haven't had time to sit down and properly watch Game of Thrones, so and I needed a break of it. So I decided to watch um, American Crime Stories, The People <gasps> vs. O.J. Yes. Simpson, which is amazing i'm Incredible. about halfway through it and oh so, my god so good. it's so good The acting the ev just everything about it is insane amazing, yeah um i thought i was really going to struggle because i'm a massive friends nerd to see david trimmer as anything other than ross from friends but he is so so yeah, good very, in this good, like yeah. i think when you i think a lot of the time like comic actors struggle to kind of Mm. be taken seriously.
0: I think Steve Carell's probably one that I've seen the most. Mm. I mean, Kristen Wiig to an extent as well as yeah. also kind of... I, and Robin Williams, I think he had that serious film in a one-hour photo where yeah. he was like a weirdo. It was Yeah, I don't know. I think there's something cool about placing a comedy actor in a quite serious yeah, situation. Yeah, but,
1: like, obviously David Schwimmer's known for, like, Madagascar
0: and mm. Friends. Well, I was going to say, I don't think <laughs> when you think David Schwimmer you go no, Madagascar. No, but you think of Friends, but, a friend, yeah.
1: but yeah. then... Oh, no, I don't know, if you've got kids, you'll know... He's in Friends. He's Melman. Anyway, um, he's in Friends. He's in Madagascar. I
0: was going to say, just Friends again. <laughs> I'm
1: just talking about Friends. Ah! friends. um Yeah, so you'll know him from being funny. Mm. And he's so good in this. Like, I think it's about episode th- two or three. Yeah. There's a moment where he's in a he's in a car and you don't hear the screaming. You don't hear, like... Anything from him you just see from outside the car. Yeah. And he has this moment, he's playing Rob Kardashian, and he just has this moment where he's just Khloe. screaming and... <laughs>
0: <Kardashian>. <laughs>
1: <Excellent>. <laughs> he's just um He's just crying and screaming and, like, punching the
0: steering wheel. And mm. it's just like, oh, my God. Yeah, you could tell that he had fun with that. But I, yeah. I think that and season two, I think it's no... I was not mad at the amount of Emmys that that series has won. And I mean, Ryan Murphy is a genius. I mean, again, completely not horror-related or kind of really in what we usually talk about. But I've been watching Pose as well at the moment. That in particular has had some really, really cool moments and cool characters. And it features like a cast that are mainly trans as well, which is completely out of the box. Like you don't see that happening. So I don't know. I think uh, Ryan Murphy obviously well-known for, like, Glee, nip American Horror Story, mm-hmm. that sort of jazz, but um, he is definitely someone who I think... I think he's just signed a deal with Netflix, actually, at the moment, so everything that he did kind of with Fox he's now going to be moving things over to Netflix amazing and doing stuff there
1: I'm so down for that
0: <laughs> no I'm very 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 excited but um, going back to obviously what we said that we would talk about uh, let's get into a, a the a crux while, of the a, episode a while ago um, we, we did say that we were going to talk about some killer doll films yes. uh, and this was obviously timed around that we had the release of Toy Story 4 probably the most horrific of all of them <laughs> um, ch- uh, we had Child's Play and oh we God. had Annabelle Comes home. I mean, she does. I indeed. think the sequel probably will just be Annabelle goes back out again. You know <laughs> Annabelle I
1: mean? leaves. Yeah.
0: I mean, <laughs> I, w- I will say. Obviously, we have a special connection and relationship with The Conjuring films and Annabelle and, and all we? of that. Do we?
1: Tell me, Liam, why
0: do we have a special I connection t- with the Annabelle films? I don't think the listeners need to hear that. <laughs> but, um, if
1: you want to go and check out our award-winning <laughs> uh, Annabelle My Creation <laughs> Contest entry, yeah.
0: it is on YouTube under the title <laughs> The Confession. Thank you. That, that was <laughs> done seamlessly. Absolutely not obvious at all. But, yeah, I mean, although we have that relationship... I do think and I can kind of sense you know when I'm speaking to people that I know like they had this excitement for those films I mm-hmm. do think it is kind of simmering down a bit now and it's getting yeah. a little ridiculous and I, I don't really know how they're going to kind of top this last one because it was kind of let's just throw everything but I don't know I R- did enjoy I it though I, I don't know shall we shall we kind of like go through I mean If we genuinely actually start with... The three films that kind of came out, we'll only briefly mention Toy Story 4, but when I say hashtag horrific, I mean hashtag horrific. Oh, (laughs) my God. So
1: Liam hates me for this, but as a child, I was not really a big Pixar nut. Like, I... (laughs) This is one of the, one of the problems in our relationship. <laughs> um, so yeah, I was never really a big Pixar head as a kid. Like I preferred the more traditional Disney films.
0: I think it's just because you're older. But
1: excellent. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Thanks for that. Um, but yeah. So see But I do since. We've been a couple. I think I've appreciated Toy Story a whole lot more. I don't think you've had a choice. Yeah, I think I've just been beaten over the head with it. Not physically. There is no abuse in our relationship. (laughs) Metaphorically. But yeah, I think because Liam shares a very special connection with that film. Um... Mm. And then when we went to Florida last year, Toy Story Land opened, and that was really cool. And we got to share that together. It was, it, yeah. <laughs> so then,
0: oh my god! So we went to see Toy Story Four, and I think we were both crying from about five well, minutes. In. In, in all honesty, you know when I first saw that they they denounced it, you I were mad, so so mad. Because as far as I was concerned, Toy Story Three was like the perfect conclusion. I mean, don't get me wrong. I hate Bonnie's guts. She might be a little girl who looks as cute as anything. Wow. But she can. I'm going to beep. She can. I do not like Bonnie no Liam just beeped on the podcast (laughs) but at the end of the day I kind of got like I grew up at the exact same time as Andy so I think that also really it it meant a lot to me because like literally as he was leaving to go to university I was leaving to go to university (laughs) but I, I, I don't know I kind of formed this weird connection with it and it was the first film I ever saw in the cinema so I don't know how that speaks now because all I make is like horror (laughs) but I don't know I I think there are generally some horrific moments in in those films and even with this one like we're not lying when we say this in the screening we were in there was a girl in the row in front of us who genuinely screamed several times because (laughs) they were like these doll characters that just oh my
1: god they are horrendous so So
0: when we kind of talk about it on this podcast I don't feel like it's misplaced do you know
1: why they scared me because they looked exactly like Sid the dummy from Buffy the Vampire Slayer
0: I no. think Slappy from Goosebumps, that's what I'm going to go with. But also but, that, yeah. but
1: I think they kind of run quite parallel, Sid yeah. and Slappy just do any, look very any similar. Any
0: kind of doll is but just no, awful, yeah.
1: yeah, not not a thing, but yeah, there are some genuinely scary moments in Toy
0: Story 4. Yeah, um, and there's a lot of homages to The Shining, I know. in this yeah. last one, like the music and stuff, but I think that's something that's been kind of pay tribute to since the start like mm-hmm. you'll see kind of some rooms will be called 237 the um the what the carpet in Sid's kind of house is the hexagonal pattern yeah. from the Overlook Hotel so the, I think that there's loads of little nods in there that if you do also appreciate horror or other kind of genres like even when they kind of like um, reference like adult rom-coms and stuff and yeah it, I think that's something that watch. the Toy
1: Story films do do quite well is obviously you know that the yeah. people watching it is going to be parents mostly that take their kids I think to watch that's it
0: that's where the rewatch ability kind of comes from yeah. though, because you watch it as a kid and you laugh along with everyone else because you're like everyone's laughing oh. and then when you grow up you're like oh they were talking about a dick Yeah, Do you know what I mean like, <laughs> you kind of then realise
1: yeah but Toy Story 4 was uh, very beautiful and there was a lovely mm. moment at the end of the film when um, there was this little old bloke who was sat next to us yeah. wasn't he and he, he was yeah. really teary and he turned to us and he was like did you enjoy that as much as I did I don't know why I did a slightly American accent because no. he was not American. He's from um, the Deep
0: South. He's yeah. from
1: the Deep South. Did you? Enjoy... No, I'm. That's going, to stop going that. Australian. Just stop. <laughs> <don't
0: hard>. <laughs> <laughs> it's good that you're pursuing a career in acting with, I'm the, not with, good these, accent. with these accent skills. Um,
1: but yeah, so he turned to us and he was like, did you enjoy that as much as I did? And um, we were like, yeah, we were all kind of crying. And he was <laughs> like, it was wonderful, wasn't it? And we were like, oh my God. Yeah, I know. But
0: it's... he was
1: like, he looked like a Pixar character, didn't he? Yeah, he was he, so he eccentrically like the, dressed. He looked
0: like kind of like the guy from Up. Like, yeah. it, it was it was kind of oh adorable. But he was crying, I was crying, Charlie was crying. There was girls next to Charlie crying. <laughs> it, the, how Our whole row was just... A mess. A mess. The worst. But I will say, as a chapter, of kind of the saga in the story i i did think it was good i don't think it was bad i think it was genuinely one of the most funniest kind of entries yeah um, like they definitely played for comedy and the voice talent as well that they they got in there did not realise that Bo Peep is voiced by the um, lady from Ghostbusters. You know, the one who's like, Ghostbusters, the receptionist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, did not see the correlation. But then when you cut... Like, when I rewatch it now, I'm kind you of like... You can
1: hear her. Yeah, she, she, yeah,
0: she's she's leaving to go work a, a fire brigade <laughs> and sort out paranormal <laughs> shit.
1: But then... Um... <laughs> So after Toy Story, after that emotional We did
0: have a double bill and we yes. said that we were gonna double bill on the last podcast. So we did do that. Didn't we, we did.
1: We um in fact yeah, we didn't we leave straight we after the last we left the podcast go to go and, go and see do this. Doll films. So then um after that we went to see uh Child's play and I'm just gonna keep this real brief. <laughs> <laughs> because it was crap. it you did not have a good time I did not, not have... Did you? you know when they remade Nightmare on Elm Street and we never asked for the Nightmare on Elm Street remake? It was something that we never needed. We didn't want it. Nobody wanted it. It can f*** off. <laughs> Child's Play is exactly the same. I, it mm. was just... All the moments that you were like, oh my God, this is actually quite cool, Yeah, were like seconds long and you were like, well, why f- bother bother (laughs) why bother i mean i just didn't enjoy it it was unnecessary Uh, mark hamill as chucky was um yeah yeah.
0: i don't know i kind of i I do want to kind of touch upon that i mean i followed the the director lars klevberg i i know that he made a short film called polaroid and then that got developed by dimension films and was set for release they marketed the hell out of it and then the whole weinstein thing happened which is who own dimension Mm -hmm. films so As a fellow horror filmmaker and seeing this guy get a chance to do something and get his film made, whether it was good or bad, it was kind of devastating to then realise that it was then just going to get shelved. And I know it's been released in Germany now and it is online and um, I know that obviously it is available to view if that's how you choose to view your content, but it's... I was then really kind of excited that he'd been given this second chance and been given a franchise, like a a franchise that was established, because I think that's the reason they did it, because people know that the Child's Play name is going to sell tickets, it's going to get bums on seats, and people are going to see it, whether it's crap or it's not. Yeah. Now, I do agree... I think it was unnecessary. It was just so stupid. And I mean, the things to that they not changed. not the original people involved, yeah. like Don Mancini, every everyone not being it's involved. It's just there not was Chucky. If it's not Brad Dourif, horrendous. And I do agree with that. It's
1: like Freddy. But
0: I think not There's been a lot of liberties England. taken in the Child's Play franchise when it's had everyone original involved in it mm. that were ridiculous. Like Seed of Chucky, get out. <laughs> Hate it. I think it's like I get like in shit. And Jono likes shit. You
1: you like your um, hokey
0: shite horror films, yeah, don't you? But to me, that's like too far. Like I I can't. I, yeah, I can't Seed of Chucky was like a ne- like,
1: like Bride of Chucky pushed it, funny, it didn't it? Uh, yeah. Seed of Chucky was just beyond ridiculous. I didn't even bother with Cult of Chucky. I
0: think when they got back to Curse of Chucky, was it Cult that was or curse? There's, there's both. Uh, cult of Chucky <laughs> is is dreadful, but Curse of Chucky was good because it was i i was always of the opinion why don't you just kick chucky in the face and run away (laughs) and then when they had a a protagonist who was in a wheelchair i was kind of like yeah that makes sense because you can't kick them and then run away so she is actually screwed so i enjoyed that and it had that suspense element again and he actually felt scary again but then the continuing chapter court of chucky where we go into a mental asylum It was just absolutely bizarre. Like, it was so hokey. It felt like something that should be on the sci-fi channel. And the concept that they kind of tapped into where he could then possess multiple dolls Mm. was like, yes, yes, why have we not done this before? Let's have an army of Chucky's. But then they all looked... They looked dreadful. Like, they they just looked just not not okay. And Mm. that kind of bugged me because I think the main critiques that people have had about this new film have been the design of it because oh my god it
1: looks awful awful. it looks
0: absolutely
1: diabolical like
0: i do respect that they built it and it was practical yeah
1: but my problem with it was very much in the same way that nightmare on elm street made minor changes to from freddy and you know the kind of you got a bit of a different kind of backstory and it was just like why bother like, mm. why bother making changes that are so stupid? Like, I would have much rather them taken Nightmare on Elm Street and done a remake and completely blown shit out of the water. You know, kind of how done they did though, with,
0: with Child's Play, though, because that was part of the. Yeah. Obviously, they had copyright, and I think in their clauses they had the ownership of the name Child's Play, and they could call yeah. dog Chucky, but he couldn't be possessed by voodoo. They couldn't be a serial killer. So I think that's why they went down the AI but, route.
1: I, it just it, the changes weren't. To me, they they were big changes, but they kind of were just non-consequential. They just didn't really... Like, Mm. I did kind of like the way that it happened. Like, the guy in the factory at the start is just kind of off and done with the world yeah so he just goes Do you know what i'm gonna kill myself anyway spoiler alert by the way
0: sorry well to um, it's in the opening so, yeah. It, yeah. so
1: basically he's off with the whole world he he's gonna kill himself so he decides i'm gonna just turn the safety off of all of the settings of this doll shove a chip in a doll and just send it on its way to yeah. some rando family but there were just i don't know though it just kind of fell short i don't know what yeah. expectations i had of it my expectations were very low but it even fell short. Of those,
0: mm, and it see, it
1: very much did feel like kind of like I said the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. Nobody asked for it. Nobody asked yeah. for this, and it just wasn't necessary.
0: Well, you say nobody asked for it, but it it did do really really well at the box office, and I do mm. think they are they did. I think they'd be stupid not to do another one, even if it is direct to DVD, because they're going to make money off of it. Yeah. And initially, when it was kind of announced and we saw that first picture of the new doll, I was like, no, this looks absolutely dreadful. But I kind of then got on the hype train when Mark Hamill was cast because I loved his work as the Joker. I think he's a very talented actor and voice actor. And he did do well as Chucky, but it just, it it was kind of just dreadful in a lot of ways. Like, the comedy wasn't as good as it it should have been. No, the comedy was was nowhere near where it should have been. Audrey Plaza as as the mum. Like, I love her in everything else I've seen. I love that kind of, like, stone-cold like, faced humour that's really dry and just awkward. She was and she just a bit... And she does that so well.
1: Blair, but though, wasn't she? Her
0: character was just so annoying Bland. and just... Yeah, like, she was a terrible mum. And, like, everyone... When I've read reviews, they're kind of praising the relationship between the mum and the son, and I'm like no like this is this is no it's, it's awful i
1: mean it, the, it is interesting the way it plays with ai mm. and like there is moments like there's the need the kind of i think the third act of the film yeah. where everything kicks off in like this i think that storm. was maybe
0: a saving grace but that was the film i wanted to see not like the 50 minutes before that.
1: yeah and it taps into like the idea of like self-driving cars and kind of chucky kind of tapping into mm. those and possessing those and then ai around like the store when they have the big launch at the end towards the end of the film but then it was kind of like oh by the way chucky can possess ai end of film and you were like yeah. um what i mean why why have was, you taken a whole 50 minutes to explain it- this yeah. for it to all to be over in two seconds like what is that i think
0: some of it worked like particularly obviously when he kind of hacked cameras and then you could see where he was on tvs and yeah. stuff like that was clever but the thing with the self-driving cars and stuff like to me that's still not a reality just yet no so it i feel like was that a was a little was bit too two, far two steps kind mm-hmm. of ahead of where we're actually There's at. a
1: bit with i'm not going to say what happens but there's a nice little moment with the drones which i, I think mm. was one of the moments that was just like oh my god but then yeah. it was over so fast you were like oh well why bother
0: then. i think my favorite bit was um spoiler alert but th- there is a, a scene involving a cat and oh god obviously as a as a cat owner <laughs> we've, kind of, we've got two
1: babies a, we've nerve, got two fur babies but
0: there is like a really creepy kind of moment where chucky's obviously done something and then he's kind of just stood at the end of the bed and then he just plays back an a audio recording. recording of him killing the cat and it's that that to me is like that but was he plays probably back one of the
1: like best. andy going oh i hate yeah. this cat or whatever he says
0: i also i'm not gonna lie i found that it was kind of brilliant because i know that child's play and the series of child's play was something that was really in in real life involved even in in the jamie bulger case like that mm. that was obviously a truly horrific thing that actually happened And I know that the kind of VHS covers and things like that, they were all pulled into the court cases, like, these kids saw, like, a doll beheading another doll. And this This is is why why they've done something bad. And I did kind of like that, because to me, the argument that movies make people kill people is absolute shite. So that one can just do one. And I know that there's very much... Kind of issue at the moment with the gun crime in America, violent video games being banned, Walmart not carrying kind of certain films and games. But then and stuff. I
1: saw a very interesting meme that said when boys used to play with guns before video games even existed, boys were violent. Yeah. I'm stereotyping, but it is it was a picture of some at kids the end playing of the day, war.
0: Someone. Is going to do War something existed before because they've video got games. something wrong with them. Yeah. It's not because of what they play or what they choose to watch. But I did like the fact that Chucky in this film picks up his violent tendencies from the films he watches. But mm. I think from a robotic standpoint, something that is there just to observe would probably see that behaviour, see how people react to it. Because I think it was Texas Chainsaw Massacre Two that the kids are watching. Yeah, and obviously or they're far too like young that. to be watching it. But they're kind of just there laughing as this guy's got a chainsaw and he's killing people. So I think that's how the doll kind of then is like do you know what i'm gonna do something violent he thinks he's doing it for comic laugh.
1: effect yeah yeah
0: so i i think that was a kind of a not a nod to obviously what was truly actually harrowing and, and horrible that actually happened but this argument to me is just utter shit so i'm kind of glad that the filmmakers we involved were intelligent enough to go do you know what <laughs> do one because it's it's crap but yeah i guess to round off the killer doll films that we've watched recently that have been released we then finished with annabelle comes home Mm -hmm. which is the third annabelle film and trying to explain the chronological chronological order of of the annabelle series is it's yeah it's like a math equation but so i think we go with annabelle creation then we've got annabelle and then we've got Annabelle comes home. If we're kind of doing it in the Annabelle order, without the Conjuring yeah. films and the non See, and all of that,
1: I oh god, I feel like a dick for saying this because obviously we kind of won, but out of the three, I did not really enjoy Annabelle creation. <sighs> like sacrilege. I think it had its moments, but I I don't know. There was something about it that just felt a little bit not as good as the first one.
0: Oh god no did you be, have you seen the first one yeah it's dreadful i
1: don't know i don't know um
0: no it's god awful
1: but i maybe i'm getting them the wrong way around
0: annabelle creation is obviously the one that's kind of set in the the kind of that's the one in Miranda the house Otto isn't it and,
1: oh no yeah, i like sorry yeah yeah i no, did like annabelle annabelle i do not like yeah. annabelle creation was good so i kind of had high expectations going into annabelle comes home because of mm. this. But then I was a bit like, why are they still carrying it on? I felt like it kind of, we didn't need this film. Yeah. Um, I feel like we don't need a lot of films,
0: apparently, on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we don't
1: need any of these Charlie films. Charlie is just going to get rid of
0: every film in existence. Um, Apart from Nightmare on Elm Street and Game of Thrones.
1: Game That's... of Thrones isn't a film, it's a TV series, actually. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: um
1: God, we're horrible to each yeah, other when really Johnno's are. not yeah. here
0: to uh. Johnno, we need you here <laughs> to, to mediate, us. please.
1: <laughs> we need couples counselling. Help. <laughs> um No, but I I don't know what I expected going into Annabelle Comes Home. Yeah. But I liked it.
0: I think uh, my expectations were very low because I could kind of tell. At this point, I feel like we've reached a certain point where, as I said, people aren't interested anymore. I think it's very much a cash grab and that's...
1: Also, after The Nun, I was a little bit worried. The Nun
0: was... (laughs) It was so disappointing because I love Corin Hardy and his work. Mm. And... It could have been so much better than it was, and it, I was, it was just very awful.
1: disappointed by the polystyrene door that was holding the Jesus blood behind. It. I was like,
0: "What is that? Like, what is that? That's just, just spray painted
1: polystyrene."
0: Yeah, I mean, budget cuts, Brexit—that's ultimately what happened. Brexit wasn't it? It doesn't defi- affect Hollywood. Definitely Brexit, but um, I don't know. I. Gary Doberman is the guy who's written a lot of the, the the films, obviously, in the Conjuring universe. And, of course, we did just have The Curse of La Llorona as well, which I thought was, was quite good. I don't think it was as terrible as yeah. people said. I think it kind of worked on a... A nice mindless horror fan level of just being like, do you know? Yeah, what? it I was want kind of like La
1: La Ro- The Coast of Lala La Rona kind of left me feeling the same way that. What's the film behind the door with the the,
0: mom, the other side of the door? The other side of the door. I couldn't. Mm, that was trash.
1: No, but me. I kind I of there was that. something about that, that I kind of no, liked. It had it like kind of a, felt
0: like an Indian Grudge film. Like
1: yeah, but I wasn't mm. mad at that because I kind of like the
0: Grudge films. Yeah, I, no, I I I, <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't too keen. But I mean, he's obviously been involved quite intrinsically with all the writing and, mm-hmm. and kind of stories that we've we've watched and we've enjoyed even the stuff done by James Wan so to see him kind of then take on a directorial kind of duty on this one was interesting and I think he did a good job like the characters I enjoyed um obviously we got Vera Farmiga and uh Patrick Wilson Wilson back. <laughs> completely oh my god. This is the pressure of, of recording a podcast in one take. You just you can't remember everyone's name. But um we we got those back for I think a glorified cameo, but it was it was kind of nice to see them. Yeah. But I liked that the story was ultimately about the kids and the babysitter and, and kind of And it of did that.
1: have some good scary moments and yeah. there were some quite unnerving things and what I found really nice as well was it, it built tension quite nicely. It wasn't all jump scare, jump scare, jump scare. Well, I think like, that's
0: been the, the argument in the, the reviews, particularly that I've kind of slated it, is that it, it just feels like a collection of jump scares. And See, I've got I don't to say, think it was. I've watched it a couple of times. I kind of agree because you kind of go from set piece to set piece to set piece. That's not to say that the set pieces aren't good. Mm-hmm. But it would have been nice to get kind of, I don't know, with The Conjuring films, you got to know the family. So they'd have like a nice comedy moment or they'd have something that just kind of broke the tension so that you cared about them a bit more. So then the next time you saw them in Jeopardy, you're kind of like, shit, what's going to happen? Whereas this, because there's three central characters, there's the babysitter, the babysitter's friend and ultimately the Warren's daughter.
1: Yeah, and there's like the boyfriend, kind of semi-boyfriend as like a side side character. Yeah, but literally, he goes th-
0: literally a side piece. in. in but
1: he scene. he does go through but a bit of horrendousness, doesn't he? Because he has yeah. the black shook after him, which is yeah. a nice English
0: uh, yeah, yeah. folky
1: myth thing, which is just a bit there
0: i I just I don't know i i I liked it and I did enjoy it overall. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was as bad as Annabelle, but I don't think it was as good as Annabelle creation because I think I cared about the characters maybe a little bit more in the prequel um,
1: I don't know I kind of I think this maybe be because it was set in time that I kind of feel a bit more connected to
0: what like the the seventies yeah of thing. yeah,
1: yeah, I feel like obviously I wasn't born in the seventies, but like no. musically and kind of filmically i I kind of <laughs> Have more of a, a yeah. connection with that era, so because it was set in that kind of time, I felt instantly a bit more like, ah, okay, then,
0: yeah, yeah, um, I, I know what you
1: mean. I'm connect, more connected to these characters than people that live on a farm and they're kind of orphan children, like teenagers. It was it felt a bit more like a traditional slasher, but with like more supernatural yeah. kind of elements in it, because it had the babysitters. It was a bit like Halloweeny yeah. babysitters,
0: seventies. I, I mean, liked yeah. The, I kind of liked some of the characters that they tried to introduce. As you said, there was the shop, the, the Ferryman. Oh my God, yes. Like I think the Ferryman for me was the highlight of the film.
1: I want more Conjuring films where you just get to see these other characters. But
0: I think that's, that's sort of ultimately obviously what they're trying to do because the mm. Crooked Man is supposed to be getting a spin-off. I mean, personally, I don't really see how they can make that character scary. I think that was a manifestation of a, an object or something that worked mm-hmm. in the world and in the story of The Conjuring 2. I don't think we need a backstory because no. I don't think the the Crooked Man is a is an entity that would have scared multiple children. I think it's just it was a cool thing and a cool concept. Mm. The nun, I think, terrified me in the conjuring tea. Oh
1: my god but hated then everything it the about backstory it. Backstory
0: kind of uncovered too much and it became kind of a bit an Indiana Jonesy, and there was like this magic element and it, I don't Polystyrene know. Polystyrene dolls. It was, it, it was, yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was a bit crap. What I did like about this is the fact that they were like, we've got this doll, everyone knows that this doll is evil and I mean genuinely having, I'm just going to kind of drop this in there, having actually seen one of the dolls that they used in the film when we went to LA, they are terrifying to look at because they they genuinely look like they're following oh. you with their eyes. So I get when people are kind of like yeah, it's it's creepy. Yeah. I liked that they unleashed all of the objects in the Warrens' kind of artefact room, and I think that is ultimately... Yeah the only direction they could have taken but it's the the bit where the girl's like
1: she's like what did you touch and she's like everything and you're like oh (laughs) shit the bed everything shit's gonna hit the fan everything's (laughs) coming and i
0: think they did well to juggle it but it Mm. is very much like we're gonna put this person in jeopardy they're in one area of the house and there was like the haunted
1: wedding dress woman thing and the
0: piano and it was it was (gasps) kind of almost a bit of a montage of like the best bits they took things that had worked in the previous films jumbled it all together formed a story around that like and i, think I feel that's like that the maybe problem.
1: they wrote the scares but it felt and then, reverse engineered yeah, yeah they, had they the made scare. the scares then they go oh what what folktale slash ghost slash warren file can we fit with that oh let's chuck the black shook at it oh well yeah. then there's the ferryman and the haunted wedding dress and yeah i know what you mean but i still i wasn't mad at it yeah i really no, wasn't mad at it i, I really actually
0: quite enjoyed it i don't think it's 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 as bad as a lot of people have said it is, oh yeah so. no so, but no. there's
1: always going to be like i don't know i feel like we i think we've touched on this in previous podcasts i think now as a as a, um not a generation maybe mm. a generation or maybe just as society we're so desensitized to everything it's like almost yeah. impossible to scare people now unless you're like super hypersensitive i mean my sister won't watch she won't even watch like A 12. Yeah. Like, a horror film, like, that's a 12 that's got, like, nothing in it. She watched through her fingers. Like, she said to me, like, every time she watches a super freak film, she watches it through her fingers or she has to watch it with somebody.
0: I don't get that. And I I think it's because I have become so desensitised to stuff. But I think the things that stay with you are those films that kind of get you into the genre. And, like, you remember the first time you were scared and that element of surprise and not really knowing what was coming next. So... That is a nice little segue, if we're talking about gateway films, into an awesome film that we also just got to check out um, on an advanced screening called Scary Tales to Tell in the Dark. Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, (laughs) I do do apologise. But before we get to that, I don't know, Charlie, if it's just me, but I'm hearing something and it sounds like it's coming from the corner. Oh my goodness, is it? cage
2: corner. Hi guys, sorry I can't be with you for the podcast this month uh, unfortunately I've managed to rupture to my Achilles which basically means that I've pet-semitried my own leg which is sort of annoying uh, it also means that I can't really do much um, but it does however mean that I've been able to watch and read a load of Nicholas Cage interviews which means I have a couple of cage corners for you so, first one in the early 1980s Nicholas Cage lived with Johnny Depp. And one day they were playing Monopoly as you do and uh, Nick sort of drops into the conversation, "You yeah, know Johnny, I think you should try acting. I think that's something that you'd be pretty good at." And Johnny's like, mm, "No, I'm not really not really feeling it. I want to be a musician. Don't really want to do the acting thing. Don't think I'll be very good." However, Nicholas Cage pushes him and says, "Look, meet with my agent. Have a chat about it and see how you feel." So Johnny goes off meets with an ex-agent and gets sent off to an audition. That audition was for Nightmare on Elm Street and, as you probably all know, Johnny appeared in that film. So he got his first audition and his first role, thanks to Nicolas Cage. There we go. Second Cage corner fact, he once spent $276,000 on a dinosaur skull, which he bought in a legitimate auction um, because, I guess... He wanted a dinosaur skull. I mean, I would. Um, Unfortunately, it turned out that this dinosaur skull was illegally taken from another country, from Mongolia, and therefore he had to give it back, thus losing $276,000. Two wonderful Cage Corner moments for you. Um, I guess I'll see you next time. Enjoy the rest of the podcast.
0: So, somehow, Jono just managed to interrupt our intermission with a, a glorious fact from Nicola, about Nicholas Cage, not from <laughs> Nicholas Cage. <laughs> from Nicolas if Cage he himself. If somehow managed to get a transmission <laughs> from Nicolas Cage, then bravo. Yes, but, um, even with a that, broken Jono.
1: Achilles, he's still bringing us even, Cage even Corner. Even a
0: crippled, broken man, <laughs> he is here with us on the podcast. So thank you so much for that, Thanks, Jono. Jono. Thanks, uh, It does, it I'm does, probably means sin- the world. Means the world. Means the world. Means the world. Means the world.
1: Probably going to have something horrible to say about Nicolas Cage. But
0: yeah, yeah. Well, what's funny is the fact that we're recording this, so we actually have no idea what Jono might have just said.
1: Yeah, he could have said like the worst thing ever about Nicholas Cage, and we're like, thanks for that, thanks Jono. For that, That's Jono. great. Thanks.
0: brilliant.
1: <laughs> no, but uh, we were talking about Cage Corner the other day, actually, because I was talking to Jono, and I'd sent him this thing, which I did not even know was a thing. Everybody's probably going to be like, oh, did you not know that was a thing? So there was a Timber and Superman film in the works. Yeah. Did not Nicolas know Nicholas Cage with, with long, Cage hair. With long yes. hair. Looks <laughs> a bit like Loki, but like not as mm sexy as tom hiddleston are
0: you oh my gosh is this, are you <laughs> no. saying that you like nicholas cage
1: no but the, the long hair was a little bit loki says
0: something different.
1: <laughs> so it was a little bit like loki hair but he was in like a superman costume and i was like what is this yes, and it was know? no i had no idea and i'm a, quite a big tim burton fan so i was like how do i not apparently i'm not I'm a tim burton fan because i did not know this it
0: didn't happen
1: so am i but, but yeah, i sent it I'm to jono to
0: see what would have happened i think i'm sure i'm sure there was some like something with kevin smith being involved and like really? they ha- they've got a documentary now where they kind of interview all these people who were kind of involved in it and but what it could have been. it's
1: mad because he's like but doing yeah. this costume test with this long hair it's and it's crazy yeah and i sent it to Jono and i was like oh my god did you know this exists he was like yeah of course he was like i've got these facts <laughs> for cage corner Brace and i was like it. whoa okay sorry <laughs> sorry about it like oh my
0: god well yeah you never know obviously he might have just given us oh my god if he had just repeated <gasps> it psychically so... connected but um, yes going going back to um obviously what we've 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 just seen so the the other night we got to see um scary stories to tell in the dark on an advance screening which was really right really cool I've got the title lights Well done. <laughs> um, I was obviously a huge fan of Guillermo del Toro and Andre Overdell. I believe that's how you say his name. I, I've seen his work with The Autopsy of Jane Doe. I really, really enjoyed Love that. that film. So Love that film. So I went a lot. into this with very high expectations. People I'd seen who'd seen it in America. Mm-hmm. Um, because like everything, we always get everything after. Like three you know, months afterwards. Absolute <laughs> nightmare. We I, I'd seen them kind of compare it to Trick or Treat. It was like this great anthology film, a gateway film for kids to kind of get into horror. Yeah. Else. And I've got to say, in some aspects, I do agree with that. Yeah. I mean, if you want to, I don't know if you want to give us an outline. So it's it is a
1: little bit trick or treat, a little bit goosebumpsy. So it's basically. Your kind of haunted house, it kind of starts with a haunted house and a story of a girl called Sarah Bellows. Um Bellows. I knew you were <laughs> gonna do that. So,
0: so me and Charlie have this thing where we just say Bellow. Bellow to each other instead of hello. So as soon as they were like the characters called Sarah Bellows <laughs> it, it became if it became anybody
1: in the UK knows phone jacker, you'll know why oh, yeah. we also, do that.
0: Bruscity bear.
1: Brushkody bear. Brian Berdunde.
0: Brian Berdunder.
1: Um Anyway, so yeah, it starts with kind of Halloween night, jocks chasing nerds into a haunted house. They hide there, then they figure out that there's this you know, the story of Sarah Bellows, and she has a book where she wrote all her scary stories. And they take the book in and. In blood. In
2: blood. <laughs>
1: um, and yeah, so they take the book, and then because they've unleashed evil from the book, they I don't know what that voice was, <laughs> but you're welcome. They've unleashed evil and the spirit of this woman from this book. So all these stories start happening to everyone who was in the haunted house when the book was kind of reanimated,
0: I suppose. Yeah.
1: Is that the well, right the, word the to story use?
0: writing themselves, don't they, in the book? And they involve the characters who found it.
1: The first kid to disappear is the jock, Mm. who kind of locked them in the room, and then a couple of others start to disappear. But the, the, the thing that I loved most about it was the creatures and yes. the costume
0: yeah I mean, and the I design of the co- the horrible characters was really cool they did so well to to kind of capture those creatures because mm-hmm. i know that this is obviously a book i believe from the 80s i do have a copy of it but i've not actually read it and it doesn't have the original illustrations but i know that everyone's pretty much seen that that front cover mm-hmm. that watercolor with the the strange kind of creepy clown looking ghoul that's smoking a pipe it's it's not okay and i, I can tell that the people like us when they were kids, if they'd be in a school library and they'd see that book cover, they'd be like, like that's the book for me. <laughs> I mean, I think that that was kind of the book like pre Goosebumps because Goosebumps was kind of the gateway kind of yeah. uh, books for me into horror. I, think, I think like Goosebumps was, was like
1: the kind of 90s yeah, this kids was kind of like the version of version. Goosebumps yeah.
0: of, of this book. And I think, like you said, you you drew quite a nice parallel between that and the Goosebumps movie, because ultimately Mm. it's very similar in the way that they get around unleashing all these characters. And I think, in all honesty, it was very similar in terms of the audience it was after and also... The scariness to an extent. I think maybe scary stories has a an edge with in particularly with the jangly man.
1: Yeah, that yeah. that
0: character particularly is horrendous. I think it's jangly man. Yeah, man, something like that. Something, but yeah, that that's. I think that was a highlight of the film for me. But yeah, um, I mean i'm a I sucker did find- for nostalgia sorry. so sorry i'm a sucker for nostalgia so the fact that it was all in the 60s and i can i looked at you like from the opening frame it's like burnt orange trees there's old cars it was like everything small town america it was
2: our that, aesthetic me,
0: it, and everything was obviously because it was halloween night it, Everything was just perfect for me in terms of the way mm. it looked. I think the characters were okay and it was nice to have a female protagonist who dug horror because I can't really remember the last yeah. time I've seen that.
1: She was very much like she felt a bit more like a Nancy for me like you guys mm. if you've listened to previous episodes of the podcast you'll know how much like Nancy is like my final girl. Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare on Elm Street.
0: Again. Again. Honestly, Again. we should have a counter. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Ding. <laughs> Game of Thrones and Nightmare on Elm Street. How many times could Charlie mention them in a podcast? <laughs> but like Nancy is like my final girl and this character felt like nancy she was like but in more of kind of like a horror geek like she felt like a character that had i been 15 and watching this film it was she would have been who i would have completely identified and related to because she felt her exactly like what I was like as a teenager. Yeah. Like you look in her bedroom and it's like posters, Universal Monsters. Yeah, all she creepily. had an
0: interesting few choices in there. I yeah. But obviously, it was limited as to what she could pick because it was the '60s. We didn't have mm. we didn't have Nightmare on Elm Street and everything yet, and not even Halloween. So no. So we'll give her time, but, uh, but she was on the it, yeah. track. Yeah, <laughs> I
1: felt like if I was a teenager in the '60s, like
0: that would be you. That
1: would be me, and that was yeah. really really nice. And like you said, it was really nice to see like a female doing that yeah. because if you think about scream
0: yeah
1: the horror geek is a man if you think about like every slasher type film yeah. the people that know the rules of a slasher film the people that know exactly what they're doing and yeah. are the horror geeks are always the guys
0: but it didn't feel forced either which i no. think is, is is a good thing because i don't know i know that there are people who are quite precious about things <coughs> ghostbusters mm. but, um mm. i think that it didn't feel like it was a problem that there was a girl who was on this journey and she was kind of aware of the tropes of horror and she she had a respect for, for the genre and everything there. So, uh, yeah, I, I appreciated that and I mm. thought that was quite good. And the way that the kids were kind of thrown together almost and they had this friendship, I do think you, you kind of cared about them. But I think uh, particularly, uh, obviously when it when it starts getting going and it is clearly obviously an anthology film because these stories write themselves and they each Mm -hmm. involve a character from the group i think the characters particularly that you lose right at the start obviously the jock they established quite easily that he was a bit of a dickhead because that's what he was he was acting like and i think that works because they needed to off someone first Mm -hmm. but particularly like uh, august i don't think you really got to know much about him
1: yeah like i felt like the
0: the spider girl as well i think i think they were trying to hint that she was just kind of this shallow person who was girl. very much yeah. focused on looks and things but it would have been nice to have got a little bit more character because there was august
1: charlie and was it ruth
0: ruth was was a sister yeah. Wasn't it? yeah
1: august charlie and ruth and they kind of spoilers they kind of get stuff that happens stuff to happens them. Stuff happens to them, yeah. And like you said, like, I was kind of a bit like oh i don't I think really the, one care one of the problems
0: though is the fact that i don't I feel c- like i know any of their names the only one that i know is august because i've watched the trailer about eight times and mm. I know she's like augie you're in the next story so that's the only reason i know, know know their names which i guess is a problem i mean overall i think it was it was a really really good film mm. i've would liked it to have been a bit scarier
1: see this is but, where i think it was interesting mm. because we we spoke about how it kind of appeals to like the kind of goosebumps kind of yeah and like it's a gateway horror but it was a 15
0: i don't think it needed to be a
1: 15 i think this the way that it is at the moment i think it should have been a 12 yeah definitely. because it felt like a film that a 13 year old will watch
0: and be like where has horror been the all only my life thing that i could think if of it was going to be it a, a 15, 15 it's it sh- the jungly man yeah of scene. Or, I, I feel like i'm saying that wrong and i feel like i'm going to listen to this back and and hate yourself it,
1: i think it was interesting that it was a 15. Because it didn't... Mm. For me, it didn't feel scary enough to be a 15. Like, I've seen much scarier films that have been a 15.
0: Well, I've seen much scarier films that have been a 12A, like Woman in Black, for example. Oh, my
1: God, that film.
0: Terrifying in, in a lot of ways. And to me... I guess it obviously is just more jump scares than anything else in The Woman in Black, but yeah. it does have that tension. It has a backstory, which is really horrific. I mean, there is a death of a child in there. Yeah. So, I mean, they get away with well, quite the first, a lot Well, the first like of couple
1: rating. of minutes is kids jumping out of a window. Three kids jumping out of a window. A lot, a lot of, of a window.
0: A bad, a bad shit goes down in that film. But, yeah, I, I, yeah, I didn't see I why felt it like it should have
1: been a 12, and if they were going to make it a 15, I wanted it to be scarier. And
0: up more, yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: So it was interesting that it is one of those kind of trick-or-treat gateway type mm. horror-y goosebumps-y type films but it the age rating just felt wrong yeah to me i felt like it should have yeah. been a 12 and like if you think about it, it, it should have been scary
0: is a 15 as but well trick-or-treat is Trick a or lot scarier feels a lot and it's more a lot more
1: violent in places yeah, yeah like absolutely. the stuff with the, the razor blades and the candy yeah. and the, all of that that it, like trick-or-treat is a lot more
0: scary tales scary stories is on the same no. Kind of, uh, I keep saying scary tales because I feel like... That, that,
1: that was a maze. That, that was a maze
0: at Universal, wasn't it? Horror
1: Nights, 28. Horror nights,
0: yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. But, well, was it
1: 28 or was yeah, it
0: 29? Well, it was, no, it was twenty We've not had 29 yet. That's this year.
1: Oh. Was it
0: 28, 27? We
1: went <laughs> 28. to 28 and 27, 28.
0: 27, didn't we? It was 28. It was All last right. Year. Okay. Don't worry. Don't don't <gasps> it. But, yeah, I... um. I overall really, really enjoyed it. I, I think it was absolutely wonderful to feel like it was Halloween in August. Oh, yeah. So to me, yeah, that was a vibe. Also I'm very much happy
1: that in the UK, TK Maxx have started putting their Halloween shit out yeah, in August. We might already have
0: bought two fall centre candles already. <laughs> yeah, so
1: we've... Got a friend, Sarah Thomas. She does some super freak stuff. Hiya she love. like, I love, I duck, you're right. Lusty um, Rachel. <laughs> yeah, she's one of our best friends and she posted something on her Instagram. She was like, T K Maxx are doing Halloween stuff and we were like, um and we tried to have a chilled Sunday, didn't we? Yeah. We were like, let's just have a chilled Sunday as a couple and it'll be really nice and then we ended up going to T K Maxx Everywhere. for like an hour and well. just
0: I will say, I I blame this entirely on a Facebook page that I follow. There is a Facebook page called Halloween Decor UK. Yeah. And they basically post, like, it's quite a nice community, but they post, obviously, when things start appearing in stores, so I knew that there was like baking items that were appearing in TK Maxx, oh. sense, all of that, so we kind of had an idea that we might find one or two things, and we found the stand, and we stayed there for like 30 minutes, and we smelled every candle, and we yeah. spent far too much money on uh, on, on candles, ultimately, <laughs> so this podcast, the room smells lovely now, um, but uh, that's just because <laughs> we, we, we love Halloween and autumn so much, so we're heading into a nice nice period of uh, of the year i think now which yeah, is good which
1: is good definitely
0: good so uh, i guess we should probably think about wrapping things up we've spoken about quite a lot and obviously it's only been me and charlie so we understand it's been a little different this uh, yeah. this episode hopefully obviously programming will return to normal Uh, in the next uh, kind of few months or so but uh, in terms of what I think we'll hope to maybe cover on the next one we do know that it chapter two is going to be coming out Uh, excited! there's plenty of of great horror films still on the way for this year so I think it's going to be good to kind of uh, see what else we've got to look forward to as we're getting closer to Halloween
1: yes maybe Um, we'll have a slightly more clown themed episode
0: next I think it'd be nice to maybe do a bit of a retrospective on on kind of the it chapter one, obviously it chapter two when we've seen it, but then also the the TV movie with uh, with Tim Curry. Uh, because I know that that is a favourite of everyone I think that's one that Eels. everyone kind of saw growing up but um, just before we, we do wrap up I do know that I did put out the call uh, as we usually do on the Instagram story with people's opinions on killer doll films that's obviously been the focus on this one we've spoken about Chucky a bit about obviously the Child's Play series we spoke about Toy Story <laughs>
2: for some reason
0: <laughs> we spoke about the Annabelle films
1: I have got one killer doll thing that I didn't put on the Instagram story because I'm on the podcast so I don't
0: need to <laughs> kind of <laughs> yeah, but
1: one killer doll thing that really scared me and I'd completely forgotten about it yeah. ventriloquist dolls Dead silence. dead silence oh right. my well, god well
0: well <laughs> that you, you, film you, you, you've done me now because this this is something that that is is on on obviously the suggestions that people have said oh so, god that film right let me have a look what what people have said here i know that you you obviously mentioned one that might not be it's not really a killer doll film but it involves a doll that yeah is violent if you want to talk about that so
1: um we actually i'm gonna talk about horror nights again so we actually got to experience the poltergeist maze last year so, God. at um horror nights at 28 and it was insane it's possibly the best horror maze i have ever ever been in it was spectacular killer doll slash horrendous doll in poltergeist the clown yeah. doll Absolutely disgusting. Scared the bejesus out of me as a kid. I can't remember exactly how old I was when I did watch Poltergeist. I think I was probably about 16 when I saw it for the first time, so it was quite old. Yeah. But terrified me. Hated it. Hated everything about it. Disgusting. Yeah.
0: Scariest bit of the film for me was that (laughs) thing. Hated it. I think awful. the bit when it's kind of sat at the end of the bed as well. Like, everyone's like... kind of had something in their room that's been at the end of their bed that they've had to kind of throw an item of clothing over. So I 100% see that. Yeah. One thing that I think is, is very similar to that, which our good friend Theo Van Leeds uh, commented hey, on... Theo. ...is um, Joe Dante's The Hole... Uh, now, this was, I think, a more recent kind of film. and so I mean, I've
1: not seen if people this. know
0: Joe Dante, uh, obviously, Piranha, Gremlins, that sort of thing. Oh. So he's he's a guy who knows his shit. And he made uh, a film called The Hole, uh, 3D. It was kind of when 3D was...
1: Three 3D!
0: <laughs> it was kind of when 3D was having its moment. like Avatar basically meant that everything had to be in 3D. Yay. But it was good to kind of see a horror film be made. And... It's again. It's kind of a gateway sort of horror film. It deals with a lot of serious issues. It's kind of like domestic abuse and single parents, and and like that's it, it. It's all kind of in there, and I think it's a nice mix because they're the things that are maybe the really horrific things of the story, but they manifest themselves in certain ways. And it's ultimately about um this group of kids who discover a hole in their basement. It's like a trapdoor, they open it, Spoiler and then they don't holds. know where where it goes. Like they have no idea where it goes. This it's,
1: sounds it's, a bit like the Goonies in a weird way. <laughs> Is it like a it. horror
0: version of the Goonies? But one of the one of the kids has this kind of phobia of dolls or clowns kind, kind of it? mixed together and then this absolute Abomination comes out of the hole, and all I can describe it as is it's very similar to the the poltergeist uh, kind of doll, Ugh. but it looks a little bit more like a jester, and it's absolutely horrendous. And um, yeah, forms some of the scariest moments of the film right there, just with the way that it's being. So
1: I'm gonna have to like I think
0: you're gonna have to check it out. Go like,
1: and watch, maybe even find just a YouTube clip of that. Absolutely, or just a picture absolutely. of it. Absolutely.
0: You mentioned obviously Dead Silence. Um, oh, one of God. our friends Nicole on Instagram also said dead silence uh, she said even though it's about mary shaw ventriloquist dolls are creepy which i 100% am on board with i do think again maybe genuinely one of my favorite horror films that i do kind of watch quite a lot i know that you have a bad time with it but
1: oh uh, so i, I watched dead silence for the first time in a foreign country um this was back when video stores were still a thing oh, so i was in ho- on You're holiday so old. in bruges <laughs> and we when we decided to have a night at the flat that we were staying in And we watched, um, we went to the video store and we got some and films and Dead Silence was one of them because we yeah. were all like let's watch a horror film because that would be like the worst idea in a foreign country <laughs> and it didn't help that a couple of doors down from the flat we were staying in there was this really like creepily hand-painted every color of the rainbow house that had bordered up windows and this crazy woman lived there like oh, I remember walking home from a restaurant one night and she was screaming out of her window <laughs> waving an axe like 100% <laughs> true like oh my god Terrifying. So she was living two doors down from the flat we were staying in, and we decided to watch Dead Silence. Worst mistake of my life. I did not sleep a wink that night. Like, that film did something to me. Like, mm. it's. St- I still can't watch it now. Like, I'll see pictures of, like, Mary Shaw on, like, horror forums <laughs> on the internet. I'll be like, eh, no, get it yeah. away. Set it I on you, fire. You have
0: a problem with, like, old women. But I guess yeah, the do aspect of it, I think, was perfectly done. Oh, yeah. And I so. think James Wan has an affinity with dolls, obviously, Saul mm. uh, and, and Dead Silence. And- there there always seems to be some creepy kind of dolls obviously annabelle as well so i think yeah i i I agree with that i do think it is a film that's maybe underrated and not
1: oh yeah it's so underrated
0: kind of a doll doll film becky um commented on on the post that we popped on the Instagram story and she said probably gonna get a bit of hate for this but I didn't dislike the new child's play she said that she liked the fact that his behaviour was learnt from Andy no that was something I said that I obviously enjoyed about it as well the fact that he kind of formed his murderous ways because he just looked at humans and was like do you know what you guys are the worst to
1: be fair if you i suppose thinking about it like that it is like a reflection of how shit humans can be but still i'm not here for the
0: child's play remake no i didn't i didn't (laughs) think you were but obviously uh i think it was a divisive film and i think that's ultimately kind of what it set out to be yeah the marketing was like crazy and i don't know there was a lot of a lot of good things about it and a lot of Yeah, I think
1: it it is one of those films, like you said, that is divisive. You're either going to love it or you hate it. I don't think anybody none of the reviews or mm. chat about it i've seen anybody sits on the fence but i yeah. i think my first words to you as we left the <laughs> cinema was <laughs> what what was that and it was like that was literally like yeah. the nightmare on Elm street remake that we didn't ask for it's exactly yeah. the same
0: story i think one thing uh as well just to kind of round stuff out and kind of cap stuff off then now is I, what i am curious to see is that i know that there's a sequel to the boy that's come in oh, and yeah. i know that that's obviously a film that centers around a doll whether the doll's the killer or not is something that I think you will find out if you if you watch the first film. But what I am curious to see is what they're going to do with that concept because I think they very much exhausted quite a big reveal in yeah, the first, in the first film. film. So I'm curious to see obviously where they go. But I know the original people are back in, on board with it, like mm-hmm. in terms of writers directors. So. I I don't know, I'm quietly optimistic, but I personally don't mind films about dolls. I don't find them all that creepy, but I don't really find clowns all that creepy, but we shall see after it Chapter You two say next this next month.
1: But <laughs> I remember going to see It with You and you'd already seen it and there were a few times when you were like it was Ugh. The stuff that
0: just wasn't kind of expected. Like the stuff where like there's things I think that you expect from those films and then they kind of did things that i found quite honestly quite scary see this is what i was saying about
1: child's play just to kind of draw parallel with it and child's play if you can
0: but it's from one of the producers of it so it they had some is so
1: so different to the tim curry version i think like the look of pennywise Mm. is different like i don't know it just felt more kind of groundbreaking than like the child's play remake yeah I I, I get what you're saying. Do you know what I I mean? Like, it felt like it was right, the Tim Curry film was great, but let's f shit up. Whereas the Child's Play one was going, the Brad Dourif Chucky was great.
0: But for, for the Let's people who do are a fans bit of that, of they're going to get the TV series that's in development. Yeah. So I don't think, as a horror fan, I think it is win win. At the end of the day, if a film is terrible, you don't need to watch it. You don't need to see Child's Play the remake any any longer. You I am never going to watch again. it again. Whereas if someone did enjoy it, yeah. they can rewatch it. But it's like it depends so, what it. what your
1: bag is, what what you like, and what makes about what scares you as was well. The kills
0: the kills were really good, and I think they had some really nice gory moments in there. But again. I'm sure that was a 15 as well. So I, yeah, I, just, I don't get where these ratings are coming from. So if
1: anybody works for the FCC, yeah. can you please like please get, how?
0: Get a, give us, drop us a line, please. How drop do us a you line. rate
1: stuff, please?
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. But um, we've spoken for far too long. We have. And um, I hope you've enjoyed it. But uh, we will be back next month with a Killer Clown episode. I think we should talk about that, obviously some of the other Killer Clown films that we enjoy. And we might even bring back, because I know in one of the previous episodes, we did record some impressions of Pennywise. Oh and we God. weren't able to put them in. So <laughs> I'm really, really keen for everyone to hear how bad we did at that. But until Yours the next Yours was one, quite
1: good. <laughs> Mine was yeah, awful.
0: I guess they were yeah, they, uh, I think they were all terrible. <laughs> but uh, thank you so much for for listening and as always keep it creepy and we'll see you on the other side. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Mm. refreshing (laughs) you can put that on the outtakes at the end amazing (laughs) we have no idea what we're doing okay (laughs)